interesting timing too, because I believe it is Rosh Hashanah, isn't it? I don't know, you're asking the wrong person. Yeah, that's true. Because um, Shana and Christina get all excited for Jewish holidays now. <laughs> Have days off school, and they they work for or uh, which call it? Shana's company does a lot of work with um, you know companies that celebrate Jewish holidays, so they just close. She, it's great. So she always sends us like shh, like dreidels and shit. <laughs> <laughs> dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made you out of clay. I'm gonna have to cut a bunch of this off now that you're spouting people's names. My God. Sorry, man. Whose names did I say? I didn't. You I said Shayna. Oh. Just someone else. Shoot. Just, I should use their hog dog names for anonymity. Then people won't know who they are. I mean, I don't think anyone could find them based on just their first name, considering they only know that we're in New York. Well, first of all, they're never going to find Christina anywhere because she literally has no digital trace anywhere. Like, she's not on any social media. It'd be difficult to find her. Gerd, on the other right. hand, she she'd be easier. It's not a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but if it were. Alrighty. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 24 of Full Impact. Um, you know the rest of the title. So if, you're the, if you've come this far. Uh, the title for this episode is as follows. The Last Cometh or... The final messenger, or title number three, the beginning and the end, or quote knocking on heaven's door. I'm your host Nick, and with me, as always, is the sweet generous Allison. Ooh, fancy! Hi guys. Yep, uh, I knew that word for a long time. Just been <laughs> keeping it in the back of my pocket for the right Dang. moment. Is that a hyphenate? <sighs> No, actually, it's not. It's a phrase. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so not like only it's... are you going to get amazing Evangelion information here, you're also going to up your vocab game. Mm-hmm. We're really about education here at Full Impact. Um, in these troubling times, you know, we really can't uh, compromise our education system. So we're here to pick up the slack, especially with the religious stuff. Amen. <laughs> all right let's get down to the depressing stuff let's hit it all right so we start right off with baby asuka running in this field she keeps coming up to a door that starts to open and then we cut back to her running again and just keeps repeating itself um she's calling for her mother she's talking about how she's just been chosen to be an evangelion pilot um you can see how happy she is which is obviously a lot different than what we're used to seeing um, little Asuka being since, uh, you know, with her mother and family and all all that stuff. So she's obviously very joyful about this news. Um, seems to be the only thing that's really keeping her happy. And so she's running towards this door. She wants to tell her, her mother. Um, she's... So happy about how she's not going to be lonely anymore. She won't need her father. Just wants to be recognized. All this great stuff. And finally, the door opens. And we see a silhouette of her mother who had hung herself. Awful. Terrible. 
Yeah. And it makes you really feel for that little girl, Asuka, that, first of all, that you would see that. I mean, it's difficult enough to lose a parent, but to, to see them that way has got to be incredibly traumatizing. And, you know, she was on such a high from all that information, then to all of a sudden just, you know... Uh, be dead stop literally dead in her tracks and it's terrible it's it's a horrible situation for a kid to find themselves in yeah i mean and she i mean this is the final piece of the oscar puzzle um in terms of explaining where she's come from and why she is how she is um and it's not it's not a good good puzzle piece no no, the puzzle is a very bleak picture <laughs> when put together. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's the, you know, nice little opening scene to get us started. <laughs> Real family <laughs> show we got here. <laughs> yep, and then the door like closes and like, like snaps. And then we go on to the next scene. Like it's as though they like showed you this terrifying image. And then they're just like, like take it back. And move on as though nothing happened. Yeah, kind of slap you in the face and then get your attention. And right. now we've got our you've got our attention now. Mm-hmm. So then we go into Misato's apartment and the the camera angle even is just off. We're used to seeing them kind of right in front of the table, almost at table level, you know, seeing them talking to each other from across the table. Where now we're at an angle kind of above the table, looking down, and we we don't see anyone, we just hear them talking. Mm-hmm. And it just even you just, just feels off. And obviously um Asuka is in deep denial that um Kaji's dead. And she just can't accept it. And I mean, I, I, that's, it's very sad. She didn't get to say goodbye to him, know any of this was going on. And, you know, he was kind of the one lifeline that she felt like she had. And I, I can understand why she's trying not to believe that that's true, but deep down she knows that it is. I, I will say when we see her, um, you know, and, and you're right about that scene. And I think it's, you know, to kind of set us up for the fact that, you know, we used to see and we used to hear that like happy 80s theme music and they'd all be sitting there eating their ramen and, you know, Masato drinking her bo- her beer or whatever. And now it's just empty and yelling. So it's like the total opposite of what we had before. So I think they're trying to make that comparison for us there by, by stay- staying so long in that scene, you know. Yeah, and even I mean, looking at Asuka, she just she doesn't look good. She looks older. She looks. I was aged. gonna say, yeah, she looks like she's aged a lot, and like with the the um, artistry, it looks like she's got bags under her eyes. Like she hasn't slept, and you know, she but she definitely. I I wrote down that she definitely looks like she's growing up, but losing it at the same time. Yes, definitely. Um, we cut to. Asuka in a empty, rusted bathtub, um, lying there naked, um, just like in a catatonic state. Um, and I think it's, you can infer here that she's basically just lying there waiting to die. Um, she has her clothes neatly folded next uh, on the chair next to her, um, which seems like a very Japanese thing to do. 
Um, like, even in death, you're not burdening anyone by ha- making them clean up after you. I, I would also kind of compare it to, like, uh, people in the military, you know? Um, <laughs> there's that scene from A Few Good Men. I don't know if anybody out there has seen that movie. Another one of my faves. But, my you faves. know, <laughs> you know <clears throat> dresses up in full fully dress uniform and you know so it's it's definitely symbolic of you know uh your want to not burden anybody else to just kind of take care of it yourself but this is an odd way for her to go to go about this just kind of just hanging out in some (laughs) terrible looking place just waiting for something to fall on her or someone to come in who knows but i think she's starving herself aha okay okay what a terrible uh, my, way to go. Yeah, well, my, my reasoning is, well, first of all, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they had to change the coloring of the tub um, because originally it was a little bit more red and people thought that she had cut herself. Um, but it's oh. that's not the case. Um, the tub is just rusted. Um, because it does I, look like there's broken glass around or broken pieces around the outside of the tub, too. So I could see where someone would make that inference. I didn't. But now that you mention it, I suppose that that would give a different picture. Yeah. The reason I think that she's going with the starvation thing is um, to do something like suicide requires um, motivation. And I think that's something that Asuka does not have any of at all. So instead of actively doing it, she's just waiting this out. That makes sense. And she's she's mentioned quite a few times now that she just doesn't care about anything. So she's just going to lay there and not care about anything. And that's it's, it's awful. What an awful, like hopeless way to feel. Right. And like, that's why when you hear like ads for antidepressants, they say like one of the symptoms could be suicidal thoughts and whatnot, because it might help boost your motivation and uh, willingness to do things before um, it boosts your overall mood. And so that's where the uh, the problem arises. Yeah. and And it's clear, too, you know, that it's something that happened within her family that she saw firsthand was, you know, someone take their own life. So for her, I think seeing that at such a young age, um, she feels like maybe that's, that's the way you deal with things when you you feel like you can't do anything else. Uh, That's all she's ever known. That's what she saw. It was what was burned in her brain as a little kid. So it kind of is understandable that this is how she's going to approach, you know, taking her own life. Yeah, and obviously we we saw that, especially with the very beginning uh, scene, that her being chosen as an Evangelion pilot has been at the core of her being since the very beginning. Right. Right. And to not have that anymore and to not have Kaji, um, you know, even not that she would really go to them anyways, but Misato and Shinji and Rei, pretty much everyone she knows is indisposed. So... She's on her own. Yep. Sad, Asuka. That's sad. Um, security detail does find her, though, um, eventually, after a whole freaking week of yeah. not knowing where she is. That's cray. 
that they didn't have tabs on her for a week. I mean, good for her, man. She was able to dodge them when I don't think Shinji made it a few hours before they caught his little ass. Well, Misato and I always forget his name, her lackey. Um, They think that it was intentional, that they purposely kind of let go of the tabs on her um, for this long. So Just I don't to know. kind of let her do her thing and give her space, or uh, probably to let her unravel. I think. Wow. Um, to kind of force the hand that would be her replacement. Got it. So in a way, she's kind of like lab coat in that she's just been a pawn in this whole situation. When she's not useful to them, they're going to let her die naked in a bathtub somewhere. I mean, she's been a tool since the very beginning, and we know that Shinji and Rei each serve a specific purpose. We may not know what that purpose is quite yet, but Asuka and even Misato really aren't a part of uh, Nerf's overall plan or Zila's overall plan, so they've really just been tools to be used this whole yep. time. It's a real shitty way to be treating people, but here we are. Here we are. Uh, we also received word that the fifth child, Asuka's replacement, will be arriving that day. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> we move over. We're in... We're back to Misato's apartment. We're in Shinji's bedroom. He's going over processing the recent revelation that Rei um, had always been a clone of his mother, Yui, and also that there have been three <laughs> Reis as well. Yeah, which is a lot to process there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot. Um, you know, he loses his mom, and now all of a sudden she's back in this other form, and he has all these feelings that he never had before, and it's just, there he is, just steal, staring at another ceiling. Yeah, and, you know, he's you know, like, how would you go about talking to someone like that? Like, how would yeah, you... I know. Where do I you mean, even approach that? I mean, both on in terms of her being a clone of his mother and also the fact that the way that he grew to love is gone it's this is a i mean it's still ray but it's not it's the not same. Yeah. yeah it's not the ray that you fell on butt naked <laughs> because you were fooling around <laughs> or the one that you like looked longingly at while she was wringing out a towel <laughs> yes which now makes sense Right, right. But, no, it's a, it's not the same. This is Ray 3. And Shinji kind of always had conflicted feelings there. You know, like, there was always that comfortableness with her and then uncomfortable awkwardness with her. So, it, it you know, he, he, he's been very torn in, in that whole scenario. And now they just threw another log onto his fire, and that's, you know, got to be a lot to take in. <laughs> And you're right. Who do you talk to about this? You know, Asuka's just a puddle right now. Uh, He doesn't know who he can trust. Miss M doesn't really have, she doesn't, you know, grasp any of this. She hasn't gone through any of it. So he really doesn't have anybody that he can talk to about it. No. And he, I don't know if he brings up or if I just wrote it down, but the question of what is Gendo doing with Ray 
and Yui. What what is their purpose? Especially Ray, since he obviously went through the trouble to make another one of her. What what is their role? Yeah. Because he immediately thinks of him. And what's his role in all of this? And why, yeah, why did you do this? Why, yeah, a lot of unanswered questions. And Gloves is at the center of that whole mix. Yeah. Um, so we switch over after that. We're now with Misato, not Misato, uh, Ritsuko, who, is, who has been imprisoned in this neat little Nerf cell. With a big knee. <laughs> yeah, <Yeah. and> <laughs> adorned with the beautiful Nerf logo. <laughs> <clears throat> if this were like an action movie, that would be like a big Mercedes Benz symbol or something. <laughs> Just yeah. get advertising out there. <laughs> yep. Or if it was the Super Bowl, it'd be like Doritos or something. Yeah, Bud Light or something. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of which we endorse. <laughs> Or participate with, but that's, you know. I mean, I like Doritos, but... <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I will endorse Morton Salt. Okay. Stay salty. And Heinz Ketchup. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Those are the two that I'm giving thus far. Got it. So, Risco starts talking, and she kind of goes into how she got... She's gotten so involved with her work, or she had gotten so involved that she begun to neglect her cat, which her grandmother was looking after. But the point is that she didn't even think about, you know, this thing that she once really cared about because she's just been so caught up in everything that's been going on here. And now, you know, this job that she's worked so hard for is gone. Yeah, and she's really, I mean, even this scene, <laughs> take aside the fact that the giant logo is there, but, you know, she's really defeated. She's kind of slumped over, just, she's just broken. And, you know, Gloves is on the other side, and it's just like an, another person destroyed because of this dude. Like, it, it's it's getting a little out of hand here. Yeah. Um. And she goes on to clarify that she didn't destroy the dummy system. She destroyed Ray, which is an important distinction um, for two reasons. One, she did it obviously to hurt Gendo so that if something happens to Ray 3, she can't make another one. But it's also important to note that the actual dummy system, the one that we saw attack um, the possessed angel in like episode was it's like 17 or something like that um that is still intact and working that system can be used again um so just remember that but we cannot recreate ray no but no more rays no more rays right ray Ray three three is the last one she's it she did the chosen one deader than anything that has ever died if she does. <laughs> no coming back. No coming back. But yes, dummy system still out there, which is scary. It is, because as we'll re- recall that essentially the dummy plug system allows the Avas to function and basically strictly 
follow orders and there's no soul or emotion or involved in any of its choices right like that's that's what the kids are there for is to connect with the soul of this ava but the the dummy plug doesn't need to do that it's merely there to follow instructions right and we know that obviously the dummy plug probably wouldn't work with unit zero or unit one or maybe even unit two but we also know that zila is making a bunch of other evangelians all over the place and they're the ones that were that wanted this um dummy plug anyways um so who knows maybe it'll show up again Right. So I guess, and too, like, like Labcoat could have sabotaged it a whole lot more than she did. She just got rid of Ray. She didn't get rid of the dummy plug system itself, which really would have screwed the pooch. So, you know, maybe it's the scientist in her that didn't want to throw away all that work. Who knows? But I feel like, you know, she, she, she didn't give away the farm really she just kind of took a piece the most important piece in her mind i think but um like she could have just sabotaged the whole deal but she didn't yeah no i think she was acting on her her womanly side yeah yeah Yeah. much like her her mother did yeah absolutely um but she says you know she's done with him basically bye uh Step aside, sir. Step aside. <laughs> and screams how, you know, he, he never wanted her. He never expected anything for her. He just used her. And Gundo is like, whatever. And leaves, basically. Yeah, he's just, just such a dick. Just such a dick. Another a dick. person. And I guess, too, what's un- like, why are these broads falling for this dude? Like, he's creepy AF and he's sinister, but I guess he's giving them opportunity. But still, I mean, why do they keep falling for this guy? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. He's got power. He's got money. I guess. I he's, got a, he's got a chin strap. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> He's got really cool gloves and shiny glasses. <laughs> and a whole lot of dough, which and I'm sure a really helps. big office. So. Yes. With a really tiny desk. Mm-hmm. And super cool neon lights everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so we switch back. We're with Shinji now. Um, he's talking to Unit 2, asking where, where Asuka could be. And at this point, it's important, I feel like we've talked about it before, but it's important to note that Ray 3 is obviously not someone that Shinji can go to. He doesn't know how to interact with her, um, understandably so. Misato is both withdrawn into her own world slash investigating. Asuka is missing her, at least Shinji doesn't know where she is. Ritsuko is imprisoned. All of his friends have moved away. He is all alone. There's no one. Yep. Um, and he's just standing on the shore. And this nice little humming tune comes up in the air. Uh, humming uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. And we get this striking young lad sitting on a statue. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we sure do. And he's like, huh? And he's like, nice, isn't it? <laughs> and she's like, what? Where'd you come like, from, dude? <laughs> yeah, he's like, music. It enriches the heart. <laughs> like, duh. I mean, yeah, like, I'm right on with that, but what? Like, all of a sudden he just appears, you know? And know. he's like, yeah. 
And then he's like, uh, it's the crowning achievement of Lillian culture. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah. What is Lillian? Yeah, funny you should ask. Um, <clears throat> so uh, there's not a whole lot, um, but we go back to our uh, religious roots on this one. And um, <clears throat> uh, Lilin were hostile night spirits that attacked men in the Mesopotamian religion and kind of followed into Jewish mythology. Um, and uh, they, they attacked men. They were presumed to be women. So uh, just a little... Why origin there? I thought that they were just really small people. Yeah, well, the spirits. I think they're supposed to be like I don't know. That's that was my <laughs> Wikipedia finding. Um, but I, I think they were yes, smaller beings, spirits. Um, but they were presumed to be female. Oh, interesting. And went after men specifically. Well, one thing's for sure. The audience and Shinji doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. Yes. Nope, we do not. And also this suave man knows <laughs> Shinji's name. Correct. Um, Again, begging the question, who are you, dude? And where did you come from? And how do you know my name? Yeah. And how did you get over to that statue? Because um, there's a lake in the way. <laughs> So, yeah. and I didn't see anybody swim over. So let's try this again. The dealio here. <laughs> he introduces himself. I have said his name so many different ways. Um, I usually say Kaoru, um, but if you put it into Google Translate, it says Kowaru. So I mean, do what you will with that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but every time I say it, it both gets. Easier and harder to get it right. <laughs> well, as always, um, I prefer nicknames to real names, especially in this case. Um, so I have dubbed him Mr. Ginger. <laughs> Mr. Ginger? Yeah, because in the first scene, like, and I, I think it's just like the reflection of the orange, like, but his hair looks red to me. So I was like, oh, okay, Mr. Ginger. Uh, I think he'd be like a Jack Frost type with his silver hair. Yeah, but in the beginning, that's that was just the, the first name that came to mind, and it's way easier than saying his actual name. Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that to you. <laughs> Anyways, he says his name is Kaoru Nagisa, and he is the fifth children. And after exchanging some words, Shinji blushes. <laughs> he sure does. She's like, oh, hot damn. <laughs> it's like, damn that hot ginger. I know. It's like, hee hee hee. <laughs> Don't get all coy now there, Shinji. I know. So then we go over, we're with Misato and her dude again. What is his name? I feel like it's like Hey Yuga or something like that. No. Gosh darn it. Uh, It'll I'll look it up. It'll come to me. I always forget the three of them. I get them mixed up. Anyways, they're on the little car train thing, um, talking about Kaura, saying how all his background info has been deleted. His birthday is the same day as the second impact, which would be a pretty cool birthday to have, but also suspicious. <laughs> Hell is suspicious. <laughs> and that he's been sent directly by the Human Instrumentality Project Council. 
the Rucus Cube Club sent him. Mm. Also, I think his name's Coda. Coda? Anyways, he found out where Ritsuko is as well. Yay! Mm-hmm. He seems to be a wealth of knowledge, and I feel like he might have a little bit of a thing for Misan, maybe? Um, which is why he's, like, feeding her and finding out all of this information. Um, from here on out, I'm going to call him Ensign. Don't know why, just that's what because we can't think of his name. Okay, his name is Hayuga. Makoto Hayuga. Ensign. Glad we started that out. <laughs> Drive me crazy. Hey, we, we need to give proper information here. That's what we're here for. Alrighty then. So, we are doing... Okay, first of all, I just noticed this. They're doing the sync test. Um, and they've been sitting in these freaking things for two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. God damn. You can watch a whole movie. <laughs> There's two hours you're never getting back. Yeah, just sitting in there thinking, God, my sink rate would plummet if I was in that, that lock. <laughs> Seriously. Or they'd have to wake me up a couple of times. Yeah. So they're testing their sink rates, and Kaura's sink rate is ridiculously good for no gosh darn reason. Yep. And number two is overseeing this whole thing go down. Indeed. Um... And they didn't replace the core of Unit 2 or anything. He's just in there, J-chilling with a high sync rate. Effortlessly. Which is suspect. But, I mean, that, that seems suspect. Because yeah. this, this has never happened before. I mean, Shinji's boy Wonder, and on his first try, he only got up to 40. Whereas this kid hops in there, doesn't even try at all, and he's higher than where Shinji is right now. He's off the charts. So, Kaoru's got something up his sleeve. Sneak mm-hmm. sneak. Right, right. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, then, shortly after that, Ray finds herself going up the death escalator, um, only to meet Kaoru. And upon uh, making contact with him, eye contact, she is noticeably surprised to see him, like taken aback. Which is not something you're used to seeing Ray show is any emotion at all. Right. No. But she looked at him like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Yeah. Her eyes got real wide. Yeah. And if you also notice, they look pretty similar. They have a similar face shape. They both have red eyes. Their hair is kind of similar, too, other than color. Yep. Same, like, pasty complexion. Mm Mm-hmm. And Ray is like, mm, you look sh- shifty. <laughs> yeah, and and she looks a little bit uh, aged as well, I think. Um, which, you know, I think we've gotten a little too much baby Ray in the last couple of episodes. We kind of sweet, forgot what... Sweet baby Ray. <laughs> sweet baby Ray. Um, so maybe we forgot what she looks like, but it looks like she's looking a little bit rough too, you know, with the bags and the, you know. So just an observation. Yeah. And Kaoru says, quote, we both settled on the same body type as the Lilin to survive in this world. And Ray um, understandably responds, I'm sorry, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) 
That's the same. Now, that's how I know that that's the same right that says old hag. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, she's still she's the, the the bones of her haven't changed. The the innards, I think, are still there. Still straight degree. savage. Yep, <laughs> pulling no punches. So we switch over to um, Gendo's Kabbalah cave, featuring a a blue aesthetic this time. Um. He's talking to number two about how Ray and Kaura have met. We get some info about how the Magi can't figure out, figure him out. Um, so everyone's kind of confused. Yeah, and, and I believe that we were in a similar situation with Ray at some point as well, that she had really no origin story that anybody could find. But now this is a second person um, that's come to them that really has no origin story and a very suspect birth date and sink rate and something something's not, something's fishy. Something is fishy. Um, Shinji has, much like Misato was previously, has closed himself off into his room. Um, also featuring a sign. Well, he's not in the room, but he has that sign that's like, no entry or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's not there. <laughs> Does it say on penalty of death like Misato's did? or <laughs> I don't think it's quite that extreme. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Shinji's not that savage. <laughs> no. But Misato didn't know that she wasn't home, and she says, I'm a failure as a guardian, aren't I? Yeah. I... Poor Miss well, M. Yeah, I mean, I love you, but a little bit. <laughs> yeah, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> kinda. <laughs> but to her defense, she also had a lot of personal shit going on, too. I mean, the whole thing with Ponytail and, um, you know, investigating these organizations. So she had a lot on her plate. But yeah, I I think in a way, especially emotionally, she's really dropped the ball with these kids. Yeah, I mean, especially Asuka. She's (laughs) practically dead. (laughs) Yeah, and I think if we think back to the early days of Asuka and and Miss M and their relationship, you know, she kind of took a hands-off approach with Asuka in a lot of ways like she was way more involved with Shinji's development both personally and with his Ava and with with Asuka she just managed her she didn't really you know mold her or you know wasn't really a role model for her like Ponytail was um she definitely took more interest in Shinji during their development and I think you know that's kind of the way she's handling it now she's just she'll figure it out which is is not a real great guardian (laughs) way to go And, you know, even though she doesn't know where Shinji is, which isn't good, considering that she has security detail on him at 24 hours a day, so you could easily find that out. We don't have any scenes or knowledge that Misato even visits Asuka in the hospital. Yeah, well, and especially now that we know that she's been gone for a week, you know, I mean, so she didn't have any contact with her during that time. And it's clear she wasn't really looking for her, so... Because, oh, yeah, got, yeah. Want, might want to answer for that there, Misato. Yeah, yeah. So we, we transition back to Shinji. He's waiting outside of a nerf door listening to his music as per usual. Uh, Kaoru comes to the door and he's like, oh, were you waiting for me? And she's like, 
Uh, no, I was just like chilling here. I don't really want to go home. Uh, okay, Shinji, you were totally waiting for him. Don't lie. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> that old, oh, fancy meeting you here thing. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, no, just happened to be at the right door that you were going to come into. <laughs> As he's blushing the whole time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you know, I, just all that's left is to shower, go home. And uh, Kairo's got some moves, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, I love talking to you. Why don't we just go together? <laughs> Isn't that convenient? Um, and then he starts going into some deep talk here. Yeah, they're having a deep combo in the bath, these two. This is definitely a <laughs> very deep tubby. Yeah, one of the things he says is, if you avoid other people, you'll never be betrayed. You won't hurt each other either, but you'll also never stop feeling lonely. Which has well, been a big theme. <laughs> isn't that Shinji in a nutshell? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. The kid nailed it upon meeting Shinji for about 15 minutes. And, you know, I, I made a note. He, he seems very intuitive about all of the people he encounters. And, you know, that, that to me is also a little bit. What's, what's, how come he knows all of this? How, why is he so... You know, keenly aware of how these kids are working. I, mean, I, I think a more suitable nickname would be Casanova. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. I dig it. Let's do it. I'll redub him. Good old Nova. So to continue his little spiel here, he also says... Humans can't permanently be free of loneliness because man is ultimately alone. But people can go on living because they're able to forget. And just as he says that, he places his hand on Shinji's hand. Cue super big blush from Shinji. Yep. What are those barrels? I don't freaking know. <laughs> yeah, and they keep like going back to them, and I'm like, are those like explosives? Are they drums of soap? Like I don't know. soap or like maybe chemicals for the pool or possibly but they just it seemed like they spent an inordinate amount of time on them i don't know if it's because again it has the the nerve uh logo on it but it just seemed i don't know i i, I didn't i didn't understand the significance there what do you think listeners as always you can let us know your thoughts opinions anything full impact podcast at gmail.com that's the one very good so the let's go out on the bath, in the bathroom here, tub room, whatever it is, washroom. Um, she's just like, oh, time, time to leave, time to go to bed. And Shikaru's like, together? <laughs> <laughs> Again, Nova with the suaveness. Like, I know. He's not, he's not taking any time. He's just right in there. And as he keeps going on, he's talking about, he says, hearts are fragile like glass. Um, and he says that Shinji is worthy of his grace, worthy of his affection. And Shinji's like, what? <laughs> and this is a big point of contention here. With the Netflix dub and the subtitles, he says it means, I like you, or I'm trying to tell you I like you. In the original one before it was redubbed, 
she says, I love you. Oh. So this is a minor change that makes a big difference. Absolutely. There is a big difference between like and love. (laughs) And it makes a big difference for Shinji later. It's a big difference because it changes this from a... It's still pretty blatant, but it changes it from an outright, you know, attraction between the two of them to a one that could be maybe argued. And a lot of people are very angry with it, especially with Netflix, that they change it because it's 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 unnecessary and it almost seems like like gay erasure by doing so. Hmm. So interesting. and it just it's 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 stupid that they changed it. I I don't see why they did. It makes n- no sense to me. Other uh, than that fact that yeah. you know, it could be because even just I mean <laughs> words are powerful. And I think that when um you change something especially from like to love that's a huge jump and that's that's it's just totally changing the meaning of all of this and i mean even still regardless of the you can tell that there is an attraction there but like and love big difference yeah obviously if anyone has been told i like you that's nice but being told that someone loves you is a lot different. Totes. Much better. And, and we're all encompassing, you know? I mean, you can like someone in that, you know, you like playing cards with them or you like working with them or, you know, but if you love someone, you like everything about them, even the stuff that's not so great. Yeah, and this is a, like, eye contact, face-to-face, verbal word saying i i'm taking responsibility for this particular um thing i'm about to say i love you at shinji directly and we know from the later on episode we know that this this would have been the first time that anyone had told him that they loved him but we don't get that because netflix fucking changed it so I, I sense a little anger there in your in your tone there. <laughs> I just if there was like a way where I could be like, oh well, it adds this, or you know, it provides an interesting take. I feel like it just takes away from what was already there. It doesn't I, add I, anything. I agree totally. As a matter of fact, it takes more away than it's adding to, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, because like again, that's been a theme. Shinji looking for love, looking for acceptance from someone, and this guy right off the jump is like, <laughs> yeah, and it's in it. So you know, it's 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 a big, it's a bit, it, and it will influence what Shinji does from here on out too. You know, like the difference between knowing somebody likes you or knowing someone loves you that that's that changes how you make decisions too. Yeah, exactly, and. Shinji is alone, and he's so he seems so comfortable with Kaoru, and he's talking with him, and he's blushing, and he for okay, he allowed Kaoru to touch his hand. He didn't even let Misato do that. That's a good point. Yes, and you're telling me that they're like we're gonna change "I love you" to "I like you." No, fuck you, Netflix. <laughs> How dare you? Seriously, and so you can give us. <laughs> sound effects of sexual encounters and other, you know, uh, 
not I graphics a bad word, but like you know innuendos. This is this is changing a theme, and I I would agree that that's shame on you, Netflix. Shame, shame. I wish I had a I wish I had a spell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hate to end on this angry note, but but this, this is where we reach the quote unquote midpoint title card even though there's a lot more time left in the second half than the first half but given how much we have here this is going to be another two-parter this is going to be the end of the first part of neon genesis evangelion episode 24 the beginning and the end or knocking on heaven's door if you want to listen to the second part don't fret it's already in your favorite podcast directory. Just waiting for you. Just download that little puppy. Good to go. Because I know that you want to know how this turns out. And you know. I mean, don't worry. We're going right after, after this. My anger, it's still going to be fresh. <laughs> I'm going to skip a beat. <laughs> the same strength coming at you, even in part two. Absolutely. So join us for part two of this episode. See you soon.